Broadcasting live from the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola, Florida, it's time for Let's Talk Community with TLC Caregivers. Brought to you by TLC Caregivers. Hey, good afternoon, everybody. It's Keith Hobart here at the Business Radio X studios in Pensacola. We are broadcasting live with TLC's Let's Talk Community. And their episode first uh, out of the out of the box here, and I'm going to turn you right over to the host today, uh, Lou and Kenny. I'm going to I'm going to give it right to you. Take it away. Well, Thanks. thank you so much. Uh, we're glad to be here. Glad to have this new show, and uh, we want to give some information real quick. Uh, we can be listened to on Let's Talk Community as well as Pensacola those links will be on the TLC Caregiver Facebook. And uh, my name is Kenny Holt. I'm the Community um, Resource Educator at TLC. And Lou Donaldson is our director. I am. And Kenny and I are very pleased on our very first uh, radio show to welcome John Clark, CEO of Council on Aging of Northwest Florida. Right, and I appreciate, and I'm honored to be asked to be on the show, to be the first guest, and uh, I look forward to talking with you about some of the things going on in the community. Well, we've seen a lot of you recently, John. We were at the mm-hmm. Chill Out, uh, collecting fans and air right, conditioners. Right, That was a huge event, as you know, uh, WEAR-TV Channel 3. Uh, it was their idea, their creation many years ago, and we took a hiatus over several years. Uh, and recently, Sue Strahd with Channel 3 decided that, hey, we need to do this again. And so she pulled it all together within one week. And uh, it was extremely successful. We appreciate you coming out, you and Kenny coming out and supporting us and helping us collect donations of fans and air conditionings and cash. And uh, we uh, collected over 165 air conditioners and over 200 fans and close to $8,000 in cash donations. So it was but, and that's in one day, so it's really a great success. That's an incredible response from our great community, and we see that in <clears throat> not only this event, but lots of events, and we're so glad mm-hmm. to see that this event was that successful. Right. And I forgot to mention, too, is extremely because of Lowe's. As you know, Lowe's Home Improvement Stores, the Lowe's store on Fairfield and the store on Nine Mile Road and the store in Gulf Breeze, they all participated this year. So that, That's an incredible partnership. Mm-hmm. It is, and I, I would like to also say thanks to our staff in our office who covered Kenny and I while we were out having fun. I did Lowe's on Nine Mile Road. Wow, you did. And it was a lot of fun, and I'm always in awe of the number of people who pop out of nowhere to donate. Oh, yeah. yeah there were people who drove by in their car, just stopped and handed a check out the window, uh, so it was just amazing. But it's not too late to donate for the chill Oh, out. no, absolutely not. Uh, if people wanted to donate cash, for example, they could, of course, call us and we could take a credit card on the phone. They could go to our website, and our website is www.coawfla.org. Uh, or actually, if you Google Council on Aging Pensacola, you know, <laughs> you'd probably get to it quicker. Uh, and you could donate online, too. So, uh, And if you want to bring an air conditioning by or a fan, you could come by our office at 875 Roy Street. But I do think we need to emphasize that if they do bring an air conditioner or fan, they must be new, and that's Correct. for sa- and that's right. for safety reasons. Right, right. right. Um, so, people that want to do that, I'm sure you appreciate that people want to bring an air conditioner that they're not using, but that's not something that you all can put Correct. in an elder person's home. Right. 
Uh, we do ask that they be new, obviously, because uh, for safety reasons. So um, anything else on the chill out that you want to talk about? No, just to thank everybody and especially thank TLC because you've been great partners to us with this. Well, I do and, have a question. I, what happens after they're donated? It, does someone come out and install them for the seniors? That's a very good question. Uh, ordinarily, no. Uh, what we do is uh, people call us and we do a, what we call a mini assessment over the phone because we want to make sure that the people who get these air conditioners really and truly need them. Uh, and so we rank them in a priority of one to three. And then we call those who are the highest ranking first. And we try to encourage people to either have somebody that can install it or have a way to do it. Now, if there's absolutely no way that they can install it, we do have a small group of volunteers that are able to go out and help them. Okay. All right. Good. But good that's a good question. Yeah. Thanks. So moving on to uh, Council on Aging of West Florida in general. I know you've been the president and CEO since 1970. Four. Correct. Long time. And the Council on Aging of West Florida was created in 1972. Correct. Mm-hmm. So it's a community organization and it is nonprofit, just to emphasize that to people. And your main objective is to assist elders in Santa Rosa and Escambia counties live more productive lives in their own living environment. Correct. That's correct. And you all have funded programs. Uh, I always am amazed at where those funding sources come from. And I always used to say, if you can imagine it, it affects Council on Aging and Mm -hmm. the people that you serve. Uh, You want to address that? Well, sounds like you you could almost, Kenny, for what you know, I would think you would have worked for us. (laughs) (laughs) But actually, uh, I will give you a little overview of our budget. That's a good question. People do ask a lot about, you know, how are you funded? A good point to remember is we are private nonprofit which means we, we take money from any legal source. Uh, we, you know, it's tax deductible, federal IRS 501c3. But the majority of our funding, of course, comes from the federal government and the state. Um, real quick, let me see right here. We have, uh, of our budget of our $5 million, approximately $2 million is state money, excuse me, federal money, and one6 is state. The remainder of the funding uh, make up the 500000 is local, city, uh, Pensacola, city, Pensacola, Scamby County, Santa Rosa County, United Way of Escambi and Santa Rosa, uh, fundraising, charitable donations, and so forth. So that makes up the whole budget of $5 million. And that funding does exactly what? Well, uh, it provides us core services that we offer from uh, homemakers, Meals on Wheels, daycare, foster grandparent programs, senior companions, and we could, of course, touch on those in a second, I'm sure, uh, and all the other services we offer. Our senior dining sites, we have 18 of those between Escambia and Santa Rosa County, um, and, uh, and we serve about 2,200 people a year, People, individual people we serve, including their caregivers. And as you said, the main mission of all of these programs taken together is to improve the quality of life for seniors and help them remain as independent for as long as possible in their own homes. And as you know, um, <clears throat> in the in the long run, that's a better way to help people. Right. Uh, I tell people I've been doing this for 42 years. I think most people, a couple people at least sitting around here have not even been born that long. <laughs> but... Um, I, in 42 years, I've never met anybody that says, gee, I can't wait to go into a nursing home. Right. Not that there's anything wrong with a nursing home, but people want to stay at home. And they, you know, they don't want to do that. They don't want to 
wind up in any type of institution. And so the government many years ago in the late 60s began to realize because of the growing elderly population, we need to have a way to help people stay in their home. Otherwise, you know, we're going to go broke if we have to pay for all these older people coming along and pay for them to be in a nursing home. Because it's interesting to note the majority of uh, funding for nursing home comes from state funding, Medicaid. So in the end, the government, if they can either pay to keep them in their home at a less cost, say for eight or $9,000 a year, or pay up to $25,000 a year to have them in a nursing home. So that's how the programs came about. Started in the late 60s, really. But at Pensacola, like Kenny said, it always, our services already started in 1972. And has grown in Absolutely. need oh, yeah. since then greatly. <clears throat> you talk about the uh, senior dining sites. You said there's 18. Mm-hmm. Let's talk a little bit about that. Um, I know their primary purpose is to provide a noontime meal. Most of them are open Monday through Friday. I think there's some that are not open all five days. But their primary purpose is to provide that noontime meal. But there's so much more that oh, they yeah. get out of that. Uh, you want to address that a little bit? Right. That's kind of like um, uh, it's the same thing as I said when you ask people, you know, having said that I've never met anybody that wanted to go into nursing home. Mm-hmm. Well, if you asked anybody that's going to a senior dining site, and as you said, Kenny, they're 18, why do you go? Uh, they never say the food. They always say to be with other people. And uh, the food is a very, very important part of the program. Sure. Because it meets one-third of their RDA, recommended dietary allowance. It's For some people, it's the only good balanced meal a day they get. But people want to be with other people for the fellowship, companionship, or just not eating alone. I mean, um, you know, I like to be alone sometimes on the weekends <laughs> after being surrounded by people all week. But uh, I wouldn't want to be alone weeks and weeks and weeks on end. Well, let's talk about that for a second. How would someone get signed up to go to one of the congregate meal sites? All they have to do is call our office. That's one of the programs, and uh, we probably could touch on eligibility, but not to get it complicated. But that's one program that is funded primarily by federal funds. And Ken, as you know, the Old Americans Act, I know you've heard that, which, by the way, was enacted in 1965 by President Lyndon Johnson, signed it into law. And it was just recently we reauthorized. And that's the major funding for the senior dining sites. Um, and the only criteria to be eligible for that program is that you be 60 years of age and over. That's the only criteria. Now, we try to uh, locate the sites in an area where there are you know, lower income people because obviously uh, most people who go there are moderate to low income. I mean, it's not like. But we don't ask them their income as a criteria for going. So all they have to do if they're 60 and over is call our agency, 432-1475, 432-1475, and we will get the information and, and sign them up. And, of course, they can look on your – you've already given their website, coawfla.org. The listing is on there of all of those locations. Correct. Uh, if they call you, you can mail them out a list also, or they can come by your office on Royce Street in Pensacola and pick up a listing. Correct, yeah. And uh, I think something that always, you were talking about the socialization, the meals, activities um, are very varied by the site. They choose some of those activities that they want to do. They even do trips, right? Uh, 
not at the sites. At our daycare center, we do. We can talk about that in a minute. But primarily at our at our sites, we have people coming in and doing presentations. We sometimes have people come in from uh, uh, other organizations and talk about specific services and programs that they might have a need to know about. Uh, we could have somebody coming in from the state insurance commissioner's office, for example, talk about insurance needs. Uh, we have people coming in talking about uh, falls prevention type programs with the Area Agency on Aging. And I think you're all involved in that too. Yeah. Uh, so lots of things going on. We have arts and crafts, as you know, uh, bingo, which I swear to God, bingo is a national pastime <laughs> of our senior dining sites. And we actually give out prizes. We have bingo prizes. And so we, by the way, take donations of, for bingo prizes too. So, um, so yeah, there's a lot of things going on at the sites. Um, but like you said, some people may say, well, I don't want to do anything. They just might want to sit there and read the paper, you know, or read a book. But the main objective, they get that meal. Mm-hmm. And I think it's important that we emphasize something, again, that you said there. The only requirement is that they must be 60 years of age and older. Correct. Now, there was a time that congregate meal sites, if somebody, I call them congregate meal sites. I know you referred to them as senior dining sites. Is that a remarketing or? Yeah, well, uh you know, it's the the official name in the, in the federal program is Congregate Meals, but we just decided it was not any because of any great marketing or effort or any great uh, study. But we felt senior dining meant sounded a lot better than oh, I'd like to uh, would you like to go to a congregate meal site? Right, like uh, these concrete meals. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that yeah, so that's why we call it senior and dining. And at one time. If somebody wanted to participate in that, all they had to do was make sure they called at least in 24 hours so that the meal could be ordered for them. But I understand now at the majority of sites there is a wait list yes. like the rest of the services because right. more people have started to use this and the funding is limited. Right. Um, that's that's a good uh, – I'm glad you brought that out because we were talking about I, – I still encourage people to call, put their name on the list. But that's that's been an occurrence that's happened the last year or so. Before that, Ken, as you know, uh, there was always you call up and you could go to the site the next day. And I'm very pleased that more and more people are learning about it and want to go, and that's that's good. But that's another example of the growing elderly population we have in our community and throughout the state. So, yes, there is a – we've begun to get a waiting list for that program. Where historically, there never was, not only in our area but throughout the state. But now there is, even for the senior dining sites, has started to be a waiting list. But, but not but again, for all sites. For, no, for the whole program. Okay. The but the bottom program. line is the basic criteria is the person be 60 and over. It's not income-based. Well, we say not that criteria. There is one site that uh, <clears throat> your director of that has told us that they're trying to increase, and that's in the zip code 32501, mm-hmm. um, Fricker Community Center. Right. Trying right. to increase that. So if anybody lives near that, that one, although – you would still be placed on the wait list because of that screening process. Pretty much that one, if they want to go, they can go right now. They could. They could still get a call us. And, and do that and, planning and, and assessment. Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, so that's uh, senior dining sites. And the remainder of your uh, funded services, Meals on Wheels, Homemaking, Companion, um, they do have a wait list, and that's through – a Department of Elder Affairs assessment that's conducted locally with our area agency on aging. And as people come off of 
services or there's more funding that's added, more people are released off that wait list, and that's how you get the new clients. And those clients are the ones that are most at risk of nursing home placement. Correct. And I do Mm -hmm. like it that you said, you know, not that nursing home is bad because there are people that need that level of care. Absolutely. Um, But these services are to prevent that institutionalization prematurely. Correct. So these services that they go through on the wait list, um, I know that there's not a determined time. It's all depending on funding and how people come off of those services or get into another funded program that takes them out of, out of your funding. Um, any? Well, um, that, for example, if somebody calls, uh, you know, as you know, and whenever I go out and do presentations, the question of eligibility comes up, how do I apply and blah, blah, blah. And that's probably a good place to hear to start about eligibility. Uh, and that can get very complicated, Ken, as you know, because you worked in, this, in, the, in the field. Uh, because of our multiple funding sources, uh, it's possible some people can get served sooner than others. That's why people should always call and go through that assessment process. And update it when they have a exactly, with something change in their health. Exactly. But on the other hand, because we do, like, take Meals on Wheels. This is a program where we take a noontime meal to the homes of an elder person. Uh, they're frozen meals in most cases, and uh, they might get a five-pack meal or seven-pack meal or even a 14-pack, depending on the situation. Um, but they call the elder helpline. They do an assessment. And, and when they do that assessment, they ask certain questions like, do you live alone? Do you have a caregiver? Is the caregiver in crisis, quote, unquote? In other words, is the caregiver able to continue to care for you? and so forth. And from that assessment comes a priority ranking. And that ranking goes from five to one. Now, there are some rankings above five where you get services immediately. For example, if adult protective services goes out into the home and they find a client who is at immediate risk of further harm, they refer those immediately to us and we're required within 72 hours to initiate services. That's the only exception. Otherwise, they're given a ranking. And as Kenny said, if, you know, something happens three months from the date they did that assessment, they should call back and have another assessment done. Or the Area Agency on Aging is required every year to update that assessment. It gets complicated, I know, but that's – but in defense of the system, it's a way to determine that those most in need get it first. But again, don't let – Income is only one factor of many. So if somebody says, well, I might have too much money, not necessarily because there are other programs, as you know, Kenny, they could be high in need of a service, but they could be eligible for Old America's Act, Meals on Wheels, which doesn't take into account money, community care for the elderly, which doesn't take, is not solely based on funding, which is state general revenue. So the bottom line is if you think there's a need to apply. Absolutely. You know. Um, <clears throat> frozen meals. You, you mentioned that with uh, Meals on Wheels. Is that a national trend? It It is. In fact, I remember, I think, were you at the Council of Asia where we started that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, um, yeah we, we talked about doing that for a while, if you remember, many years ago, because, you know, not finding volunteers. We never have had enough volunteers to deliver all of our meals by volunteers. And I remember I went to a conference one time, and um, 
I came back and I said, that's it. We're going to go with frozen meals because this one program in South Florida, which is a huge program, they, they went to frozen meals. So we went to frozen meals. And um, it is a national trend because it is cheaper. You don't need as many volunteers and staff, you know. And I think within the first year, we saved, quote, unquote, saved, uh, I think it was sixty to $80,000 because we didn't have to pay, you know, staff to deliver because we never had enough volunteers. Now, some people say, well, can they prepare those meals? Can they cook them? And the answer is, in most cases, yes, because part of the assessment is a case manager is supposed to make sure that they're able to do that. And if they can't, then they're supposed to, you know, required to make sure somebody is able to come and eat those meals up for them. Whether that be a family member or a funded or a funded program like homemaker. Right. And, uh, we, uh, and as you know, Kenny, one of the things we do too, is if somebody didn't have a microwave, in many cases, we were able to get them a microwave so that they could heat the meals up. And of course, that's the easiest way to heat those meals. But if, even if you can't achieve a microwave, they can be fixed, uh, in the oven or on stovetop with, Mm -hmm. with boiling. I do remember that. I think one of the things that people say, oh, they're frozen meals. And uh, as, I, as I told you at lunch, the administrative staff is now delivering meals uh, periodically throughout the course of a month. That's the Council on Aging. Council on Aging staff. Administrative Staff. So you get to see the clients. You get to know what the service is all about. And uh, when we did switch to frozen meals, the biggest, I don't say blowback, that sounds terrible, but the biggest negative reaction we got was from the volunteers. Uh the clients were okay with it. In fact, a lot of them said, oh, good, now I can eat the meal what I want. Because mm-hmm. before they were getting a hot noontime meal, they thought, oh, i got to eat it right now, you know. And so the biggest negative reaction, quote, unquote, was from volunteers who liked that daily contact, who just felt something was going to be missed. And, and I, you know, and I admit, when we switched to the, to the frozen meals, I was a little bothered by it. I'm not going to lie to you. Uh, and, there, and there are some people who say, well, frozen meals, it's just, I can go to... Uh, Publix and get a frozen meal. You can't go to Publix and get a frozen meal that's prepared under the direction of a registered dietitian that is nutritious, that is not loaded with salt and sodium and all this other stuff, and that we also deliver with it juice, milk, uh, bread, dessert. And so if they're not getting just that meal, you know, here it is. Enjoy, you know. Right. So, And if uh, you do have those cases where the person does need some form of more interaction with somebody. That's something that your care manager assesses. And mm-hmm. in addition to that volunteer delivering those meals once a week, there are other things that they can do and arrange Oh yeah, for that person, right? Right, absolutely. Very good. And, uh, you know, even that, even that once a week contact is still enough to, at least you, 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 at least some of these people, if it wasn't for that at least once a week meal delivery, would probably not see anybody for weeks on end. Right. So you it know, is delivered I mean, once a week. Once um, a week. Mm-hmm. Now, what about private pay? We do take, that's meals. a good question. We do have private pay. Uh, the cost of private pay is $7.50 a meal. That's $7.50 per delivered frozen meal. Uh, and again, people, that's where people say, well, I can get it cheaper at uh, Publix or wherever or Walmart. Well, yeah, you can. But again, it's delivered to your home. It's a nutritious meal, properly prepared for what you should have. You're getting bread. You're getting milk. We can also provide you a frozen breakfast if that's what you want to. Um, and then we have a and in a for private pay in a very limited area within the city of Pensacola. We can deliver hot meals for private pay within a limited delivery area of Pensacola. 
Um, but we do have private pay. Um, and I guess when we talk about other services like daycare, we'll talk about private pay there too. But yes, we do accept sub-private pay. Well, I think the meals is very important to bring out. Absolutely. Yeah. Nutrition is a much overlooked mm-hmm. issue <clears throat> right. as we age. And it is available to right. just about right. anyone at this point. And let me say this. I can attest to the meals. I have personally bought, didn't get donated. I bought my own box of frozen meals. I took them home and I cooked them. And I, well, I didn't cook them. I heated them up. <laughs> uh, carefully following the directions. The only uh, meal I had that it kind of annoyed me was the was the meatball meal. I felt the meatballs could be thrown against the wall. And uh, I <laughs> did complain about that. But they were basically quite good. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, they're, they're very tasty. And likewise, the senior dining sites, I pretty much have gone to every dining site. And I, I can't say I've had every meal, but I probably had most of them. And they're not really not bad at all. They're very good. So your response from your recipients of the Meals on Wheels uh, receiving the frozen meals, what has their response been? Very good. In fact, we do, as you know, Kenny, every year we're required and we do a client satisfaction survey. And uh, we consistently get positive feedback for the program, both yeah. senior dining sites and the home-delivered meal side. And your Meals on Wheels program, you've already stated, <coughs> separate from the Meals on Wheels, you need volunteers. But you Absolutely. need you need volunteers also for meals delivery. Oh, yeah. we can, That's a, always a, a need for our, our programs, a Meals on Wheels deliverers, because we, we get Navy people. They come and go. Right. Um, you get subs that do it for two or three months and decide not to do it anymore. So we can always use volunteers for Meals on Wheels so, and other services too, and, but that's one of our. And someone interested in that, what's the best avenue? Is it to call the Council on Aging and say they're interested? Yeah, or? if you if you, somebody's interested in volunteering in either Meals or any capacity, call our office. And again, that number is 432-1475, 1475 and just say you're interested in coming to our volunteer orientation. And we have a volunteer orientation once a month. And during that orientation, we tell you about all of our services and programs. Uh, we tell you about the background screening that you have to go through, driver's license, uh, Florida Department of Law Enforcement, abuse registry, um, and all that screening that we have to do and uh we sign you up for the program and if you want to do meals on wheels you go into that program and they train you how to so a volunteer once they're through your system they choose what they want to volunteer with. oh yeah yeah they don't you know now some people will call up saying i want to volunteer to deliver meals well great but we still want them to go through the orientation because we have to get all the background screening done too well and i don't want anybody to forget the um <clears throat> opportunity that doesn't have anything to do with volunteering a lot of us work all day. And, oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. But you kind of touched on uh, donations for door prizes for the bingo. Oh, yeah. Listen, I, I, my first job was in a bingo hall. True story. Uh some reason I find that I believe that. It's a very <laughs> true story. So bingo. anyway, we'd love to get I can see bingo. the smoke, that's the right. beer. Yeah. That's I right. Know. Catholic that's bingo hall. That's, that's, oh, my God. That's even worse. <laughs> I know. But it was, you know, it got me where I am today. But I do want people focused on those donations that you need for the yeah. um, um, for the congregate. Or I'm sorry for the senior dining sites. Right, uh, we do. That's a good point. Um, yeah, um, arts and crafts items, donations. Yes, we like to get those or funding funding that can be designated specifically to purchase. Those. Right, uh, we have a lot of people that make donations, like to daycare for their field trips, um, which is great. We like that too. Um, so yeah, we. 
and we have a lot of people, by the way, I know this sounds uh, like, oh, uh, you know, you, you accept these donations. Well, we accept donations like of uh, Boost, those energy drinks, what do you call it? Insure uh, donations of adult, uh, what we call adult diapers or incontinent supplies, uh, because uh, those items are always in demand because they're very expensive. Uh, and so we get a lot of demand from people who call up and say, uh, you know, do you have any, you know, adult supplies that pull ups? Mm-hmm. And uh, so we take those kind of donations too. And a lot of people have a relative that might be going into an institution or they have a relative who passed away and they'll have all these items. And they'll say, do you need them? So, oh, yeah, yeah, we could definitely use those. Well, Kenny has this long list of things he wanted to discuss and I'm kind of watching the clock. <clears throat> I didn't want the opportunity to pass for um, one of our favorite places, the adult daycare. Right. Mm-hmm. Let's talk because typically people would say a home care agency shouldn't be so pleased with an adult daycare. But that's not the case with uh, TLC and the retreat. We're big fans. So talk to me if I didn't know anything at all about adult daycare. What could I expect from the retreat? Well, that's good that you mentioned the retreat. We call it the retreat, which is our licensed adult daycare center. And uh, and people say, oh, is that like children's daycare? And I say, well, if you want to if you want to compare the two, I could say, yes, it probably is. But that's people sometimes don't like it to be called similar to a children's daycare because they feel it's demeaning to older people. But basically, daycare is a place where if you're caring for a spouse uh, or a mother or father or a loved one who has a special need, whether it's a disability, they've had a stroke, they have uh, early dementia, and you have to go to work or you, you just have to get away for a while, they could come to daycare and receive that supervised care during the course of an eight-hour day. Um, as you know, as you, you both, I think, have been there volunteering. Um, during the day, we have all kinds of structured activities. We offer breakfast. We offer lunch. Uh, we have a, it's a real, I think, a very nice facility. It's got a wonderful fenced-in backyard where they can walk around and get exercise. We have a huge pavilion. We go out and have activities in the backyard, screened-in porch. Uh, we have a large activities room where the majority of the activities can be held, but we also have a separate room for people who have uh, uh, dementia that shouldn't maybe be with a large group. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's just a wonderful thing. We have sometimes people come in and do presentations, have shows. We have uh, the Chain Reaction uh, Youth Group came in and did some programs for us. Uh, we've had Elvis come in and we've had Pet therapy. Uh, we had a woman came in with a Great Dane, which after it ate a few people and left. <laughs> no, but this was one huge dog. But uh, came in. We've had uh, we we take them on day on the go, uh, where uh, one at least once a month we take a group of uh, what we call higher functioning clients. That's people that you know can uh, are not going to I hate to say wander off, but. Uh, don't require constant one-on-one supervision can go. We go on field trips. We go to museums. Uh, we go all over Scamby County. We've even got a mobile, Bellingrath Gardens, for example. So it's just a wonderful and the fair. I know there's and the, every yeah, year I know yeah. there's a group that goes to the fair, mm-hmm. and I know that always has a great response. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and let me say this about a daycare. A daycare, the cost, is we that, that's not an important program about private pay. Uh we have a lot of people, we have a lot of veterans that go to daycare, and the VA pays for some of that care. And a lot of people don't know that, but if you're a veteran and you have Alzheimer's, you might get VA to absorb some of the care costs for that, as well as other state programs and federal programs. 
But we also have a growing number of private pay. And the private pay cost is $65 a day. And uh, as you know, Lou, part of our marketing tool is that, and that's much cheaper than in-home care. <laughs> but but the point is, is that, like I no said before, there is, a, there is a need for uh, both uh, both spectrums because occasionally, well, not occasionally, but eventually our, our Alzheimer's patients require that one-on-one care. We can no longer right. care for them at daycare, so they, they're going to need that in-home care. And that's $65 a day. Right. Um, I want to emphasize the hours are 7.30 in the morning to 5.30 in the afternoon, Correct. Monday through Friday on a normal basis, right. regular basis. That $65, if somebody pays for that, they could, in reality, attend that whole day. Oh, yeah. Or four or five hours, whatever is needed. Right. But, if they come for four hours, it's uh, half a day, it's $45. We do oh, have so a half discounted. day. Right, right, right. That's awesome. Right. Well, I love the fact that there's an opportunity for the family caregiver to oh, take a break. And it's just it just makes you feel good when you talk about the testimony and hear about the testimony from either the caregiver or or a client that mm-hmm. you know maybe is is at a functioning level that could explain how wonderful they feel it is. Um, but yeah, it just makes you feel good to know that that service is available that you have a part in that because uh, TLC you know, caregivers we've started a once a month activity <clears throat> in the adult daycare. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we have thoroughly enjoyed that. We did some Mardi Gras stuff also back in the spring with one of the, the crews. And so we've started our, our own activities once a month with you. Again, encouraging people. That's something that the retreat could use is additional groups oh, yeah. uh, to come yeah. in and do that. And they can just talk to the director there at the retreat about what's a good day and what is it that's uh, needed. Our group, uh, for July, one of our staff member plays the piano, mm-hmm. and the reaction from the attendees was just incredible. Mm-hmm. We had, yeah. I, I'm, I'm pretty certain we had more fun than they did even. It was, um, it was a wonderful day. So we, yeah. anyone out there who's listening that um, wants some, an opportunity to connect with the community and contribute, that is a wonderful, wonderful way to do it. We enjoyed that day. Now, we're getting pretty close to where we'll be wrapping up shortly, but I wanted to cover one of your, well, I think it is your largest fundraiser of the year's coming up. Yeah, the Rat Pack Reunion. The Rat Pack mm-hmm. Reunion. TLC is always in attendance and um, big supporters. You're one of our major supporters and sponsors. We appreciate that. It's a fun event. Uh, I think this is our sixth Rat Pack, and it started by, uh, it was it was founded or created by D.D. Davis, uh, who wanted to come up with a real different, unique fundraising event for the Council of that would raise some wonderful money. And we decided that every year uh, we would select, quote, unquote, rats, and we would recognize them and have a big, huge evening event based on the old Dean Martin uh, Sammy Davis Jr. Rat Pack days. Piano and, bar and stuff. Bia- yeah. And band, bars, and music and dancing and uh it's been tremendously successful and uh we've so far in the last several years we've netted that's profit after expenses over a hundred thousand dollars so we're very very pleased with that whole event well i know it's a lot of work for you guys it's a lot of fun for the people <clears throat> who attend um but kenny just wrote me a note um <laughs> you've expanded 
to, you now have a race, a Rat Pack race. We do. We have a Rat Race. That's in October. <laughs> I can't remember the date on that. It's October. the 8th. It's the 8th. October okay. 8th. You'll be, you'll be out there racing. You know I will. Okay. Uh, and Kenny will be in his Speedos. And we'll be... <laughs> oh, you don't want to see that. Uh, but yeah, we have a Rat Race. It's downtown. And this will be our third Rat Race. The first one was at Pensacola Beach. The second one was downtown. And this one will be downtown Pensacola also. I think it's a Saturday before the uh, Rat Pack reunion. Well, no, if it's eighth, it's probably two weeks. But anyway, that's a fun event too. Uh, that is just growing. We haven't made uh, uh, the uh, haven't reached the level of the McGuire Martin race or the you know some of the five k races you hear about in town. But we're going to get there. And each year we make a small profit off that too. So it's a great event. Well, so hypothetically, if I had a problem with drinking martinis and listening to music, I would sign up for the race. You could do both. Well, <laughs> and you wouldn't feel quite as guilty because you were exercising and then you were going having your martinis. Well, see, and and you'll be running. I'll right? be walking. You'll be walking. Okay, <laughs> yeah. so walking. Do you do teams or how do you do it? No, no, you just sign up. We don't. We just don't. We're not up. into the teams. Where you can walk. You can or you can run. And uh, most people walk. There are a few. If you know anything about races in town, and I've learned a lot from the rat races, there are some uh, men and women that are really into running. Sure. And they enter into practically every race they can. And uh, so that's why we're very careful about scoring who finishes first, what, how, what your time was coming in. But, yeah, they take it real seriously. Mm -hmm. And those usually tend to be the runners. And uh, <laughs> it's like just get out of the way and they, you know. Sure. But, sure, move out of the way so you don't get run over. One of the things with this radio show, we want to emphasize that TLC Caregivers does more than you think. Mm -hmm. I think you can say that about the Council on Aging of West Florida as well. There are all kinds of things that we could talk about. Your coming-of-age TV program, your coming-of-age magazine, mm -hmm. the caregiver support group, oh, yeah. the caregiver trainings that you offer, the case management that's offered in under all of the funding. Um, foster grandparents, foster grandparents, foster grandparents senior excellent program. the relief program, which is respite again for care caregivers, for elders mm -hmm. that need that 24 hour care. And just the council on aging is intimately involved in our community. And I think we don't give the credit that the council on aging of West Florida really deserves because we have this great organization that is on a much larger city's caliber. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And you've even received national recognition for various programs. And uh, you have staff that attends national conventions. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. And um, I know the Council on Aging of West Florida here, several individuals have won titles, Care yep. Managers of the Year, the, year uh, yeah. with the Florida Association of Aging Service Providers. Uh, as well as the agency has won some of those. Uh, so I personally thank you for everything that the Council on Aging of West Florida does in our community. And we just appreciate well, you, you, your staff, and everything that you do. And we also, just uh, a little sidebar here, speaking of uh, some of our volunteers have received national recognition. Two years ago, uh, our daycare volunteer, Patty Bryant, I don't know if you met her, if she was there when you were there, Yes. Uh, but she she was the National Adult Daycare Volunteer of the Year two years ago. So, yeah. Right here in Pensacola, right here Florida. In Pensacola. That's amazing. <clears throat> and she's won another award, uh, which will be released uh, hopefully another month or so. I'm not at liberty to say, but it's quite a recognition. Well, you just did. 
Well, but it involves her and her husband going somewhere special. So uh, I, I told her, well, part of the award was she had to go with me. But, but yeah, so we got great volunteers too, Kenny. That's a good point. Well, I think it's, I think it's fantastic. You. We yeah. went through the funding sources, and um, I do think it's amazing the amount of uh, money, <clears throat> the amount of bang for your buck Absolutely. that you get with yeah. those federal funds, which is everyone's responsibility when they're taking federal funding. Oh, yeah. But you actually... And I, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, I tell people we truly try to be good stewards of the money. Uh, and if we, if we take a donation, it's for X purpose. We spend it for X purpose. Mm-hmm. And we are one of the few charities in this area that have been uh, accredited by the Better Business Bureau. We meet all of their standards for wise giving. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are 20 standards uh, for accountability, oversight by a board, and uh, all of our information on our annual report our tax return, and our audit. That's been posted on our website every year for the last, I don't know, you nothing to do. You could go back and look at all of our tax returns. And uh, I tell people, if you really want to know about an organization and you really want to shock somebody when they call you and ask you for some money, say, oh, uh, yeah, uh, but before I do that, could you send me your 990, <laughs> which is the tax return? And that is on our website. And so you can go on our website and see all that. So, yeah, I appreciate you bringing that up. But. You practice what you preach. Well, it is. It, you yeah. actually do have an amazing record. Mm-hmm. Um, first of all, the fact that you started in 1974, that just... Um, 72. Well, the Council on Aging started in 72. Yes. But um, you would have had rotary dial telephones, John. I'm trying to think. No, I think we we had switched to push. <laughs> but we had, we were talking about this yesterday. We did have dot matrix printers. <laughs> okay. You know, okay, we did yeah. have TRS-80. Those don't know, uh, they were called trash 80 computers. Those are huge, bulky things. That were, and I remember the first one we got sat on somebody's desk. Everybody was excited. But anyway. So, so as, a lot's changed. Yeah, but oh, your yeah, commitment yeah. to the community yeah, hasn't, yeah. and we appreciate you very much. So as we wrap it up here, people can connect with you through your website, mm-hmm. coawfla.org. They can call you at area code 850 432 one four seven five. You do have a Facebook page, mm-hmm. uh, and that's just labeled Council on Aging of West Florida, right? Correct. Uh-huh. And um, any of our information, our website would direct them to the Council on Aging as well. And why don't you give our website? TLCCaregivers.com. You can like us on Facebook, and we're available 24 hours a day at 850-857-0920. Um, and also... Connecting here on Business Radio X, let's talk community dot business radio dot or sorry, let me start over with that. <laughs> let's talk community dot business radio x dot com or Pensacola dot business radio x dot com. Uh, like Lou said, it is linked at our Facebook page. When we leave the studio today, this show is recorded, and we're going to uh, provide that to Mr. Clark for them to connect on their page with today's uh, show. So we appreciate you Absolutely. being here. Real quick before we go, John, is the Council on Aging a Pokemon hotspot? I uh, I don't think so. I have no clue how that all works. <laughs> we just found out our office complex was. I just, I just wanted to check. Right. It might increase your foot traffic through the area. I don't know. I just find that all bizarre. Really? Yeah. I just do. Oh, I, I'm really proud. It's got young people up off the sofa. Not just young people. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that is very true. 
So thank you so much Thanks, for being John here Thanks, John Clark. You're welcome. It's always a pleasure. And thank you for all you do, too. I really do appreciate it. This show is brought to you by TLC Caregivers. TLC Caregivers, we do more than you think. Learn more at tlccaregivers.com.